This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. I am Jeff Rubin, and this week we are talking to Chelsea Monroe Castle, who longtime Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show listeners may remember from episode 88 when we talked about her Game of Thrones cookbook that was nearly five years ago. And since then, she has written additional cookbooks to cover the food of Lord of the Rings, Warcraft, and Hearthstone. We are going to discuss them all today. But first, Chelsea, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much. Great to be here. Uh, Chelsea, remind me and the listeners how you got into uh, cooking foods from fictional universe, because it was via Game of Thrones, right? Absolutely, yeah. It was uh, sort of a a very happy accident. Um, A friend and I, my future co-author at the time, though he didn't know it, um, and I were roommates, and we were hungry one night. We'd both been recently reading or rereading Game of Thrones, um, and decided it would be fun for dinner to make something from the book. Cause as we all know, the books are filled with these just decadent descriptions of food. Um, so I don't remember what we made for dinner, but we tried lemon cakes for dessert. And from that point on, we were really just hooked. Uh, so we, you know, looked online for recipes and there weren't really any at that time for, pretty much any fictional food from video games or novels. There were some, but not like it is now. Um, And so we thought, well, I guess we should put our recipes on a blog because maybe if we're looking for these things, so are other people. And from there, it spiraled completely out of control. Uh, A few months after that, George Martin mentioned the blog to his publishers, and soon after, we had our cookbook deal. And... How would you describe the books? I think people get a sense of what they are, but I'm curious how you describe them. The Song of Ice and Fire? Well, just in general, like, how do you describe the books you produce and what it is you do? Oh, um, right. So what I sort of jokingly call it is uh, a fictional locavore approach. (laughs) So I go into whatever the source material is, whether it's a video game or something like George Martin's novels, and... I really try to learn as much as I can about the world in terms of climate, geography, um, down to things like trade. You know, if if Dorn is growing lemons, how are they having lemon cakes in Winterfell? So it's things like that. And I think that that is really essential to try and ground real recipes for fictional dishes because it, it needs to feel like it's a part of a world. So it's, I have a great appreciation for other authors' world building skills because it makes my job a lot easier. Yeah. The kind of the worlds that you've chosen to work with, that you've chosen to work in are probably three of the deepest, richest sci-fi fantasy universes where you should have no trouble finding maps and trade routes and all sorts of things that aren't like really connected to the main plot. Right. Absolutely. No, I have uh, really eclectic notes before I even get into the food part of what I do. Um, so it's it's neat. I love that research element of it. 
So Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings, pretty straightforward. Read the books, maybe watch the show slash movies. Um, but uh, Warcraft is like not really an A to B experience. So how did you research that one? Yeah, that was actually really a jump from what I normally do. Because even on the blog, you know, I've done a lot of other fictional dishes just as I've been reading novels and they've sort of caught my fancy. Like what's one of those? Um, anything from the Scott Lynch series, uh, Gentlemen Bastards. There are a lot of great food descriptions in that. That's one of my fictional food crushes. Uh, but uh, anything also from, you know, Charles Dickens onward, historical fiction, historical classics, just as I read things, um, or as people even email me and suggest things, uh, if it's something that sparks my imagination, I try to cook it or bake it and put it up on the blog. But Warcraft was really out of my comfort zone when I took on that project because unlike everything else I'd done, there wasn't really fiction on which to base it. So I had to go into the game itself and the various you know websites that list these sorts of things and see what foods are available to either purchase or create in game. And so the fact that cooking is a profession in Warcraft really actually helped me a lot because when possible, I used the ingredients from a cookable dish in the game in the real recipe and sort of worked outward from there. So I feel like maybe I'm jumping ahead a little. Last we spoke, the Game of Thrones book had just come out. It seemed to be going well. How did, uh, did it, it did, after the Game of Thrones book, um, did you just jump right into the next project? Where you, did it go well enough that you were just like, let's just, let's, let's try it again? No, not so much. I, uh, I had my own sort of spinoff blog with other fictional dishes. And I'd been exploring a few possibilities for um, sort of, I guess, a, an assemblage of fictional foods from classic novel, sci-fi fantasy novels, things like that. But it would have just been such a, a nightmare in terms of licensing and who owns the rights to what and are they willing and things like that, that it was better for a blog, but not so much for uh, an actual book, I think. Um, so a couple of years actually went by before um, the publishers reached out and asked if I'd be interested in Warcraft, which I was, and it just so happened I already had a reference document drawn up for because it had occurred to me that that would be a great uh, cookbook to do, but I just hadn't quite gotten to it yet so that was uh fortuitous what like what role does food play in the warcraft universe like what do cooks do and like why what, what do you what do you learn about warcraft and its world from the food well i think it's neat because there are sort of regional specific dishes here and there um but cooking is a thing that everybody can do in the game if they want to and the developers have even for you know holidays like Thanksgiving they have an in-game holiday called Pilgrim's Bounty where in order to get certain achievements you have to cook these dishes you know cranberry chutney and a turkey and some stuffing and things like that that you sort of are mirrors to what you might be preparing for an actual Thanksgiving dinner but 
it's neat because there's a feature where you can you know, sit down at a table with other gamers' characters and pass the plates around, and it's this very convivial sort of community experience. And I just think that's really neat. And Because that's kind of what food does in actual life, right? Absolutely. It's terrific. I mean, so many people have written to say that they've made Game of Thrones recipes for, um, you know, their viewing parties, premiere parties for the TV show. And I just think that's fantastic. And it, you know, if if you don't have HBO, but your friend does, you can get yourself invited over if you promise to bring a, a themed recipe. Um, so I'm happy to have been able to enable <laughs> people in that way. Did you did you play Warcraft yourself? And I ask just because it's I've never pl- I've actually I've played the old Warcraft games like Warcraft one through three. Um, but World of Warcraft's like uh, sort of a big thing to to it's, it's sort of a big under a large undertaking, and I've actually never played it. Um, it's um, not something you can you can just play for twenty hours and beat. It's almost like a lifestyle. So so did did you get into that to research? I definitely played as much as I could. Um, maybe not quite as much as I would have liked during that period, but uh, there's definitely a point at which I could either play the game more or I could actually write the cookbook. <laughs> what kind of character did you play? Like what was your species? And I, I'm assuming cook, right? Uh, yeah, well, it, I definitely had a cooking profession with all of them. I actually played as many races as I could uh, in as many locations as I could. So it was a sort of broad attack rather than an in-depth one because I really wanted to see what the different regions looked like, what they felt like in terms of ambiance and, you know, color schemes even for knowing how to stage photos later. Did you have a favorite region or one that you were like, when you got to, you were excited to kind of try to figure out what their food might really taste like? Oh, geez. Um, I really liked the uh, the various dark elf regions because there's sort of this purpley, blue, spooky but beautiful atmosphere. Um, And that was really neat. And so I, I didn't quite get as much of that into the book uh, as I would have liked, but you can see hints of it here and there with color schemes. What did you do um, when you came across, because presumably the characters in Warcraft eat dishes uh, and meats that are um, fictional, that are not real. Like they eat, I don't know, goblin meat or stuff like that. (laughs) How do you deal with that when you, when you come across something uh, like that? That's actually the hardest part of translating fictional dishes into real recipes. Because you got you got to hunt down a goblin. It's tough, right? And, and you know, even in the most urban setting in America or the world, you're not going to find goblin meat. I hope uh, in your local corner store. So it's all about sort of finding as close of an aesthetic match as possible. So for Warcraft, for example, there's um, a Chimerock is this sort of giant, clawed, winged, uh, mythical creature. And so, you know, I look at the name and I say, well, it looks like a chimera, but also a rock, which is, you know, mythological bird. And a chimera is made out of, a, I think, a lion, a snake, and a goat. And I say goat. <laughs> I know goat. We can do goat. Um, and so while you might think for something that is, you know, chimerock chops... Generally, we think of pork chops, but I actually went with lamb chops because of that goat 
connection, which at least makes sense in my brain. I don't know if it works for anybody else, but I hope so. So, okay, you have the idea, we should do Chimerac Chops. That should be in the game. How long from that to, uh, I'm ready to put it in the book now. I've, I've worked out the recipe. How many times do you have to cook it? How many people do you serve it to? What's that process like? It's hit and miss, actually. Um, some things are more straightforward, like a potato soup. Uh, I'm putting in my newest one. You know, pretty much as it sounds. And the challenge there is to make it sort of interesting and something that you would want to make. And it's very different from trying to either match something aesthetically to either a description in fiction or a game or trying to even match it to how it's meant to look. So Warcraft has all these little tiny hotkey images of the dishes in the game. So when possible, I tried to match the photographs to those images. And so that was sort of an extra challenge, but I thought a really fun one because I'd never had a a visual cue to try and match before. Do you ever, oh, right, right, right. Do you ever try to optimize, uh, do you ever race, sorry. Do you ever uh, like reach a point where you have to decide if you want to optimize for making it look like the food in the game or feel like the food in the game or make it sort of thematically like the game versus just making it taste good? Like, you know, like I could put this ingredient and it'd be a little more accurate, but if I put this ingredient in, it's actually going to be a little bit better. Right, sure. No, absolutely. I think just about every recipe is about trying to strike that balance. And it can be really tricky because, uh, and generally... I refuse to put anything in my final list of dishes that I don't think tastes good. And there's a difference. You know, I have a few trusted taste testers who just like different flavors than I do. I'm not a big spicy food fan, but thankfully my husband loves spicy food. So I'll add spice to things and just give it to him and ask him how it tastes. Now might be a good time to bring up that you actually did, I believe, a spinoff Game of Thrones cookbook. Is that correct? About Dorn. I did a a, a Dornish ebook supplement. And I actually remember from our last conversation five years ago, and I don't listen to my own podcast, so like I last heard this conversation five years ago, um, that Dorn... Uh, has spicy foods, right? Like that's part of how you interpreted and also what George R. R. Martin thought for Dorn. Um, is that is that correct? Am I remembering that right? Absolutely, yeah. Good so, memory. So that's a whole spicy food book. It was, yeah. Uh, but thankfully it's also, I think Dorn has sort of a, a Middle Eastern kind of a vibe. So there are a lot of um, sweets and fruit-based things as well. It's not all a, a spicy powerhouse, thankfully. What do you think, kind of like we were just talking about with Warcraft, what do you think the role of food is in Game of Thrones? Like, um, it's kind of a, a joke for people who have read the books how long George R. R. Martin spends on uh, describing the food. And I think people uh, who, and I'm sure the people who make the show spend a ton of time recreating it, even if it's just in the background, it's just being served. Like, there's someone whose job is trying to recreate the dishes. So it's something people are thinking about a lot. Like, why is that important for Game of Thrones specifically? Well, I think for Game of Thrones and for other books where authors manage to do it well, it's about the world building. You know, it's about making, appealing to readers' senses and making the world seem more approachable in that way. Um, Because if we read about, you know, somebody who's been hungry for days finally getting to a tavern and digging into a a steak and kidney pie that's dripping with gravy and washing it down with a mug of ale, 
you're there. You are with that character on that tavern bench, you know, digging into a pie right next to him. And so I think that that's really neat then to be able to make the recipes at home and take yet one more step further into those worlds alongside the characters. When you were working on this Warcraft book, was there a hardest dish, like one you knew you had to have, but um, just eluded you for a long time? Um, the turkey, actually, I made a lot. Just because, and, you know, it's a turkey. How hard should a turkey be? Well, but, what, is the, what is the what is a turkey in Warcraft? Because they probably they don't just have turkey dinner in Warcraft. They right? do. They have it for their uh, Thanksgiving holiday. It's a slow roasted turkey. The orc raiders just pack like a Swiss and turkey sandwich before they go out on their raids. <laughs> well, you'd need to with all the leftover turkey we had. So um, it's, just, it's just a turkey. So how do you get that? So there's a million cookbooks that have turkeys. How do you contextualize a turkey in the Warcraft universe to make yours kind of stand out? Well, the turkey in-game has specific ingredients that go into it. I think it was, um, this is off the top of my head and it's been a little while, but I think it's uh, autumnal spices or holiday spices maybe, and a kind of spirit and some honey, I believe. Um, And there's also a recipe in-game for stuffing that includes various herbs and a specific type of bread. So... Even though it sounds like a relatively simple and straightforward recipe, you know, to really do it up, you make this, you make a spice mix, which you use to make the bread and you use the bread to make the stuffing, which you put into the turkey. So it's sort of like a craft tree almost in the cookbook of needing to complete certain steps in order to have the item you need to craft the next step of the recipe. That's fun. Was there like an aha moment for you in developing that recipe where you, you finally figured out how to make it click? Well, I actually got the the recipe to click fairly early on. It only took a couple tries. But in order to get the picture, it's actually shockingly difficult to get a great turkey picture because you need the skin just perfect and uh, you need to shoot the photo pretty quickly once it's out of the oven. But if you've ever tried to juggle a turkey right out of the oven, you know, there's juice everywhere and the thing's sliding off the platter and it is just like, oh my goodness. So I needed the photo for that and the publishers wanted a turkey photo for the cover of the book. So um, we didn't actually have turkey for Thanksgiving that year because everyone in my family was sick to death of turkey. <laughs> do you uh, do your own photography? I do, yeah. So that's almost like its own discipline, right? Food photography, especially, um, you know, um, at the level where it's going to be published in a nice hardcover book. It absolutely is. And I've learned such a monstrous amount about food photography since the Game of Thrones cookbook. And Let me just ask you, just what do you shoot it on? Just technical question. Like, what kind of camera are we using here? I've just got a a basic Sony. um, No fancy lens or anything. It... I think it would probably horrify most professional food photographers. So it's like a point and shoot. It's not like a camera where it's got like a mechanism in it you can hear. Right. No, no. No, it's a digital for sure. Um, but it, I just, I know my camera, right? And I know my, my two various setups at my house. I'm looking uh, at the book right now. The pictures look great. Thank you. Thank you. It's fun to shoot and it, 
that and the research for me, the cooking is almost incidental in a kind of funny way because I love the photography so much as well, just trying to make it feel like a part of whichever world the dish is being pulled from. Do you ever do anything like they might do in a fast food commercial to kind of make make it look better on camera? No, no. Um, a lot of those tricks are really remarkable. You know, it, I, I think, think it's like a whole it's... profession. Actually, that'd be a great Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin show interview. If anyone out there does that, I'd love to talk to you. But I think it's I know, like a whole profession, right? It is. I mean, I think it's like Elmer's glue instead of milk on cereal photos. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, like there's just like, I mean, decades of experience doing this. People have developed tricks for all sorts of things. Absolutely. I don't do any of that because uh, as soon as I think I've got a good enough photo, I then eat whatever it is. So... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> whatever I shot is what's for dinner. If you could go back and tell Game of Thrones Chelsea some advice about photography and about taking pictures for her books that she, you didn't know, what have you learned over the past years that you wish you knew when you started this? Oh, man. Uh, I would give her quite a lecture, I think. Because um, I just didn't know what I didn't know back then. So some of the first blog photos we were taking with our cell phones by candlelight. I mean, it was just brutal um so i would say i would go back in time and buy her a good camera uh <laughs> from the start and i think that would uh, do wonders is there a most popular dish in the book that like i mean you already mentioned that people will tell you when they've cooked something i'm sure you get lots of feedback um is, is there a most popular one that you hear about the most often a signature dish of the book almost uh in warcraft people really like the holiday dishes so people will do whole thanksgiving dinners out of the book which was a little daunting to me because i felt like you know that's a lot riding on yeah that's the biggest thing day of the year yeah it's uh you know somebody writes and says well wish me luck i'm making my first ever thanksgiving dinner all out of your cookbook it's like oh my god good luck like i'm so nervous for everyone involved here but i think it generally turns out really well um and i i tried to make everything user friendly so all of the thanksgiving recipes are popular the um a lot of the christmas recipes are fairly popular because they have an in-game holiday for that as well and so it's just sort of the nostalgia factor i think makes people gravitate towards those because they have seen them year after year in the game you mentioned um that you tried to make it user friendly is that another skill that you had to develop um not just not just figuring out the recipes and getting the recipes in the book, but kind of ex uh, figuring out how to clearly communicate the best way to recreate these recipes. Is that a skill you developed? Absolutely. What, what goes into that? Like, what are some things you've learned over the years about the best practices for doing that? Well, we, we had no idea when we were putting together the Game of Thrones cookbook. So getting the first draft, copy edited draft back from that was sort of an eye opener because it's it's simple things you don't necessarily think about, like the list of ingredients has to be listed in order of what you do with each ingredient. So, you know, if you melt butter in a pan and saute onions in it, you can't have, you know, garlic listed first because that comes later. So it's just about sort of laying it out in a very simple, straightforward way. Um, and because I don't have any wild professional culinary training, I think in some ways I maybe have an easier time explaining things in plain terms, if that makes sense, just because I, I don't necessarily even know the fancy 
culinary school term for something. I just, you know, I know that you cook it until it looks like this. And so describing also, you know, you can say, well, bake it for 10 minutes or until the tops look golden, something like that. Do you have any formal culinary training at all, or is this all self-taught? Self-taught. Um, cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And so I, I always joke that if I can make it, anyone should be able to, uh, <laughs> because it, it shouldn't take any wildly intricate skills to make a lot of these recipes. Now, you did a Warcraft cookbook. That's been out. But the newest book, the newest one you put out, is a Hearthstone cookbook. Hearthstone is the card game spinoff of Warcraft. So it is a card game um, that features characters from Warcraft. And I suppose the people playing it, you know, in the game world, you're playing the people, you're, you're in, in a tavern in Warcraft playing cards. It's all sort of in Warcraft. Um, I think the, the subtitles like Heroes of Warcraft or something like that. So this is a, a Warcraft product, but it actually looks more like something like Magic the Gathering. Right. So how did you end up doing a Hearthstone book? Well, it was with the uh, the same publishers that I did the Warcraft cookbook with. And they'd been, I think, chatting with Blizzard, which is the company that makes both games. And Blizzard had expressed interest in maybe doing another cookbook. And so of their games, this is the one that I guess the two companies decided would be the, the best next bet. Um, and that was, as with Warcraft, yet another step sort of removed from what I was familiar with, because there is no food really mentioned in Hearthstone. But their concept for it was that it would be sort of a, a tongue-in-cheek in-world cookbook. So it would be as though the tavern keeper had a, a cookbook of his own that he kept underneath the, you know, the tavern counter. So it's his personal recipes that he serves to all of his uh, clientele and little notes here and there and scribbled out things when he's changed his mind about recipes. But I can really cook all the dishes, right? Like there's no goblin meat? No, no, thankfully. (laughs) Um, So that's an interesting challenge because here you're not recreating dishes, but you're almost taking a character and a vibe and saying, okay, well, what would he cook? Is that right? Right. Yeah. So, so exactly. what would he cook? What did, what did you like when you studied the game? Like, what did what did what did you see that you start to draw on, draw on to figure out what this person would cook? Well, I started by going through all of the cards and pulling from flavor text any mention of food whatsoever, just because that's sort of my comfort zone. But um, was was that not already covered by Warcraft? Because the game it. Hearthstone draws from Warcraft, and all the cards are things that are in Warcraft, I think, right? No, it's actually, um, I mean, it's a little bit sort of goofier, I think, than Warcraft. So, you know, you have mentions of, like, pizza and things, donuts and stuff uh, that I don't believe appear anywhere in Warcraft, but are mentioned here and there in the flavor text for Hearthstone. Um, But that didn't get me very far, just looking at the flavor text. And I think even... Only the most diehard fans have even ever read the flavor text. So from there, I really went sort of one step further and tried to imagine, you know, what are good pub foods? What do you want to eat while you're drinking and drink while you're eating at a tavern while you're playing a game with friends? Um, so I pulled people online and said, you know, what are your what are your favorite foods country by country, you know, while you're drinking and vice versa? Um, 
And so it's not the most healthy cookbook, but it's definitely tasty. <laughs> this is like bar food, pub food. So what are some of the dishes in here? Uh, there's sort of a, a tater tot poutine. That's one of my favorites. That sounds incredible. It's, it's delicious. I mean, I love every part of that yeah. description. Like, That's from the, the mystical land of Canada. Absolutely, yeah, by way of Vermont. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I actually had a blast making the cocktails for that. I hadn't really done a whole lot of cocktail designing before, but uh, despite that, we had a shockingly extensive liquor cabinet with very odd things. So I could sort of pull from that and taste as I went and say, well, I think this needs, you know, maybe a little more acidity. So what about some lemon or things like that? And just trying to make things look fun also. Did you also get into Hearthstone? Did you play the game at all? I am so bad at Hearthstone. I really want to love the game. I like that the game exists. I like the game for itself, but I am possibly the worst Hearthstone player out there. It does something in my brain just doesn't click for that kind of game. So kudos to those who are really good at it, but oh. <laughs> um, your other cookbook that I think we haven't discussed yet is the Shire cookbook. Is that right? Yeah. So what, where did that come along in the timeline? Um, that was between Game of Thrones and the Warcraft cookbook. So it's just a, it's sort of a, a fan tribute, I guess, to the works of Tolkien. And I wanted that to feel sort of like an in-world or nearly in-world cookbook, as though, you know, this bundle of documents had been found somewhere and... In it were all of these recipes for, you know, the nine meals of a day that this race of tiny humans somehow consumed day to day. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm thinking as we're talking about the role of food in both our real lives here on Earth and in these fictional universes and what it says when the food is included in these fictional universes. And obviously it's part of the world building thing, like you've already said. Um, but when I think about like the hobbits... And their love of eating, I think it really, like, shows, like you were saying earlier, like, that, how communal they are. And, like, it's not just that they're fat, because they're not actually that fat. It's more about, like, they're a communal people. And I think all the meals are, are to help demonstrate that. Do you think there's anything to that? I think so. I mean, it, they're very much uh, a community um, in the Shire. And I think that that's something that we've sort of lost with the loss of village life and sort of town centers that in New England used to be very popular and still are in some places, but uh, have definitely, to a large extent, gone by the wayside, which is really too bad. So remind me, what do hobbits eat? Like, what did you think about with that one? Well, I was surprised, actually, how little food is mentioned in Tolkien's books. He has a few memorable things, um, but, Isn't like a hundred pages of the Simulacrum about what they eat? I don't even think I said the name of the book, right? Simulacrum. Simulacrum. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, no, there there isn't. Um, which maybe is a shocker. I don't know. But uh, nonetheless, we come away from those works with an impression of a lot of eating and a lot of food, which I think is just fascinating because it it's not actually there if you look for it. You know, it maybe they eat a lot, uh, and that is mentioned, and they want second breakfast, 
but actual descriptions of food are pretty few and far between. So I really just drew from kind of Victorian countryside uh, English recipes and went from there. And I, I think, I hope uh, it feels sort of true to that world because that's what Tolkien was largely inspired by um, was late Victorian and early 19th, or early 20th century uh, England. As best you recall, do anyone besides the hobbits ever talk about eating? Like, do the elves eat anything? Well, the elves have lembus. Um, there's the ent draft in, uh, I think, Mirkwood. Um, you know, various trail rations here and there are kind of hinted at, I think, uh, apart from lembus. But hardly ever. Um, but it, again, nonetheless, we, we have this impression of this rich, this world that's rich in food. Uh, and I think maybe that's just because it's, it's rich in all other descriptions. Yeah, I think, I think there's something to that. Why did you decide to do Lord of the Rings? I've just always been an enormous fan. Um, and it, I've felt like it could maybe be sort of a tribute to those works. Uh, it, it was just sort of something I had in me and I needed to get out. Uh, and I figured now, especially uh, with all kinds of ridiculous merchandise coming out related to that series that, you know, something that had a little more heart to it maybe wouldn't be uh, a bad thing instead of, you know, themed Lord of the Rings wine and like, God knows what else they're going to put it on uh, going forward. But yeah, there's that TV show. I think they're making a TV show out of it on Amazon. So I'm sure they'll start it all back up again. Oh, I know. I do not have uh, high hopes for that. <laughs> me, me neither. So while you're doing all these cookbooks and while you're developing all of these fictional recipes, um, do you have a day job or is this the main thing you're working on? This is pretty much it. Uh, it's sort of, it's a little awkward because it's, really feast or famine, right? So when I'm working, I'm working as many days a week as I can, uh, trying to meet really tight deadlines, usually just going nuts, like making two, three things a day, trying to get photographs. But once all the deadlines are met, it's very quiet. Uh, and I'll do a blog recipe here and there, but it's really just sort of about waiting for that next cookbook. So how does that work? Do you pitch ideas to the publisher? Are you waiting for them to pitch you ideas? It's a bit of both at this point. Because um, I've built up relationships with a couple of different publishers. And so if I have an idea, I send it along. And if they have an idea, they say, well, would you be interested in doing this? You know, it's it's sometime in the future, if at all. But, you know, do you want to throw your hat in the ring? And I say, absolutely. I love that idea. Uh, you know, count me in if and when that ever happens. And often it doesn't. But sometimes it does, and those are the good ones. Do you have a dream cookbook? I must have asked you this last time you were on the show, but do you have a dream cookbook that you'd love to explore? Maybe last time I asked you, the answer uh, was Warcraft, so. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> we'll have to listen back. Um, I would love to do Star Wars. Absolutely love to do Star Wars. An world, in-universe Star Wars cookbook, I think, would be fantastic. I think fans would really go for it. 
the hang-up is that there's only one publisher that has rights to do Star Wars cookbooks, and they are currently content only publishing uh, recipes like boba fettuccine and Rito's burritos. So, uh, difference in aesthetics, but, you know, maybe I can work on them. So, what? why Star Wars? I mean, Star Wars is popular, and it's very good. We all know that. But um, why... What is it about the food that, that particularly draws you to that? Is it that it's a sci-fi thing, so that's a little different from what we've been talking about so far? Yeah, I just think it would be all these, like, crazy techniques, crazy-looking foods, you know, mirror glazes on stuff, food that looks like one thing but tastes like another. And um, I've done a couple recipes just for the blog uh, from Star Wars and discovered that I really have nothing in the way of backdrops and props and everything else for sci-fi foods because uh, I've done all sort of quasi-medieval thus far so it's all you know worn wood planks and stone this and pottery that and none of that really translates over to a sci-fi aesthetic so I'd have my work cut out for me sort of restocking that kind of stuff but I just think it'd be so much fun to play with and you know, you could, it could be a little tongue in cheek, but uh, Greedo's Burritos just makes me wince. I can't. I just can't. <laughs> so, what are the dishes when you think about Star Wars? Like, oh, well, we got to have one of these. Like, do you already, are there dishes at the top of your head that you know would have to be in the Star Wars cookbook? Uh, yeah. So, there are, uh, you know, various blue milk things. That's almost an inside joke at this point, just because it turned up in the original films. But, um, there have been so many novelizations of Star Wars, many of which include food and drink. And a lot of the really hardcore fans um, have read all of those, love all of those novels, and are really keen to see those dishes in a form that they can make. So one of those is um, a Mandalorian ouge cake, uh, which... You know, the wonders of the internet, right? I can go on Twitter, look up the author who first, you know, coined whatever this food that stuff is and say, what were you thinking when you wrote this into your novel, such and such? And they'll say, oh, well, I was thinking of uh, the Italian pan forte. So I look it up and I see a recipe and I, I look at the descriptions from the various novels in which this ouge cake appears and make up my own recipe based on what the authors told me, based on the descriptions in the books. Um, and so then, you know, members of the 501st and Alderaan Base and all of these cosplayer Star Wars super fans can now make that dish. And I just think it's it's neat. It's sort of a way to give back to various fandoms as well. Now that I'm thinking about it, in the newest Star Wars movie, did you see the new Star Wars movie? I haven't yet, no. Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, you can't know, listen to the next episode of the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show because we're going to spoil it in the next episode. Okay. Uh, but you actually see, and I, I'll, I'll be brief here, but you see uh, a little bit of cooking and a little bit of foraging for food and ingredients, so there might be something to draw on there. Uh, there's there's a milking scene, too. If there's, I, there's, uh... some, there's some blue milk, but you also see a, a, brief, <laughs> a brief and fun fishing scene. So there's like, they eat fish. You could have a fish dish in there. Nice. All right. Well, I'll add that to That's the list. That's Yeah. <laughs> Do you still, like, cook 
at home, do you ever make just, I don't know, lasagna for dinner, you know, for the family or whatever? Or is it like always, are you, is, is it always a lab now? Is it always a weird food? Uh, usually when I cook, it's for either a book or a blog recipe. Um, I don't love cooking for the sake of cooking. Um, I can do it, but I think because it's sort of my job, uh, it's not what I ever really want to do in my downtime. So I think that's surprising, but makes sense. So you don't love cooking for the sake of cooking, but what you do love about what you do, if I'm hearing you right, is uh, the research part of it and sort of like digging into it and maybe the puzzle solving of figuring out how to translate these foods to the real world. The actual cooking, that's not what gets you excited about. Is that, is that all right? Yeah, absolutely. And it... You know, I feel profound satisfaction while I'm cooking if I get, you know, a spice mix just right and I the, the dish really comes together and, um, you know, that that's enormously satisfying for me. But you're absolutely right. It's I have this sort of treasure hunting gene, I think. Uh, and so for me, that research really is it's puzzle solving and treasure hunting and trying to make sure that I I. I get it as right as possible. How good a cook do I have to be to pick up your cookbooks? I don't think you do at all. Um, let me tell you, I'm terrible. I mean, you need to know like what a bowl is or what a spoon is. Uh, I actually saw a really funny YouTube video recently of a bunch of um, Twitch streamers making up various dishes from the Warcraft cookbook. And it, it really sort of recalibrated my expectations for uh, some people who I think possibly never cooked anything in their lives. So at that point, you need to you, you need to have access to the internet. So if you don't know what it means to cream the sugar and butter together, you can look that up. But I try to keep very sort of simple, basic cooking and baking terms so I don't overwhelm anybody. And walk me through, what are the books? Where can I get them? And where is this blog we keep talking about? So the blog is inatthecrossroads.com. Uh, and it's where I, when I'm not working on cookbooks, uh, post various recipes from fictional worlds. Um, and the books should be available in any given bookstore, definitely on Amazon. Uh, and from the respective websites, the publishers. Just to run through them one more time, there is a Game of Thrones cookbook a Dornish spinoff, just about Dorn, uh, the Shire cookbook, the Warcraft cookbook, and the Hearthstone cookbook. Can I get them all? You got it. It's a, it's a cool little library. Keep putting them out because I want to keep talking about them um, as you do it. Uh, Chelsea, thanks so much for coming back on the show, telling us all about it. Thank you. It was a blast. That was a HeadGum Podcast.